position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode 158 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Saturday, uh, the uh, 4th of November, 2017. For some reason, I keep wanting to say 2013. That would, for our sequel friends, 2017, 11.04, why do I turn into Sterling Hayden? Um, yes, uh, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign. Cheers, Ivor. We're running out of whiskey, so this episode can't go on anywhere near as long as the last couple. Mm. Let's get straight to our top stories while I enjoy some of this fine, fine Canadian blended whiskey. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah. Week three of the SodaStream experiment is going excellent, by the way, considering that now I have Tarani syrups, so it's like I have a cafe in my mouth at all times! That made no fucking sense, but... Mm. Also, Nick and Erm, the patch, is going pretty well. Mm. 
Although I cannot resist smoking for this show. So our top stories this week. First of all, those astute listeners from last week's episode, the one about Flatpak Linux, which is a theme that we will revisit several times during this very episode, shockingly enough, <coughs> um, may have noticed. Yeah, I know I have virgin lungs now. It's crazy. Um, went from two packs a day to uh, even during like stressful, really drunk and stone. Like uh, depends on how long before I pass out, but like. Let's say half of my day is completely drunk and fucked up and completely stoned, which, eh, on average is probably more than fair. Um, gone from two packs of cigarettes a day to on the worst days. On the worst days, I might have 12 cigarettes. On the worst days. And there have been a couple of them, uh, but I am, I am pretty devoted to quitting. So anyway, top story. Those astute listeners, uh, who noticed our flag flat pack Linux episode last week and then anxiously tuned in for the appearance of the column which incidentally can be found at www.bestlinuxgames.com uh, click on the link up at the top that says the column um, I promised that uh, a new installment of the column w- would be out by Tuesday of this last week mm. and all about like the commands and stuff for flat pack flat pack Linux, but in the process of doing that that document got bigger and bigger and then got more and more truncated uh, because what I would really like to do is explain and this is like something I didn't realize when I was writing the original column um, I would really like to explain how to package your own flat pack good old game, you know, uh, stuff for both yourself and others. Um, and that requires digging huge, huge, huge amounts of digging deeply into wine. And I gotta explain this. before. I know, Ivor. We're not gonna go on forever. We don't have unlimited whiskey. I gotta explain this. So, the whole thing about Flatpak Linux is that well, well, we'll get to that in our feature this week. Our last in our top stories, our feature this week is a game that is not available for Linux. And it comes with a little precursor. Uh, our feature this week is on Dead Cells and it is a review. Uh, and it's a flat pack review. And we'll talk more about that when we get when we arrive at the feature. Right, Ivor? You're fired, Ivor! You did not... Ivor is... Fi- Let me write this down. Ivor Molina... For the 156th consecutive episode terminated from employment due to a failure to respond in a rapidly adequate fashion. Sincerely, Supervisor Skooky Sprite. You fucking shit can, Ivor! You fucking shit can! Alright, so uh, hit him with uh, the new Nowhere, the Ivor. Why don't you? Uh, before On your way out, please. Please, Ivor? Ivor. Come play with us. Don't make me get the clown suit again, Ivor. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. All right. 
So, first off in our new and noteworthy is not un- is neither new, but it, well, actually it is new. Well, no, it's it's both new and noteworthy. I was going to say, I just pulled a trump there. I was going to say it is neither new nor noteworthy, but it is both new and noteworthy. Our first game, congratulations. This is by far the longest develop- game in early access development that since, you know, the 3 years of us doing the podcast congratulations to the team behind overgrowth which uh surreptitiously secretly using prolix precedentations in a severe seersucker suit Saturday night special fucking snuck it in at the last second October 16th uh the team behind what the fuck Overgrowth. That's O V E G R. Yeah, overgrowth. After nine years of development, has left early access. I did not see that this happened until this morning while preparing for uh, this week's episode of the show. Um, it left early access after nine years. Uh, October sixteenth, twenty seventeen. Um, here's what they have to say. I, I do have a preliminary review of it in early access. It's posted to Steam. That's pretty funny. But anyway, feel like the star of a martial arts film in overgrowth as you jump, kick, throw, and slash your way to victory. Free the rabbits from their evil overlords in the main story, then play through the prequel story, and finally, try out nine years of mods developed by the community or create your own. So, massive props to overgrowth, which I will be playing as soon as I beat uh, Bomber Crew, which I am fucking balls deep in. I am so fucking deep into Bomber Crew, it's nuts. But Overgrowth, uh, which includes a free copy of Receiver, uh, right now, Overgrowth, well, no, Overgrowth, its price is $29.99. I can't wait to play this after I beat Bomber Crew and Dead Cells, which is our feature. Now, up next, a game also from this morning that is... But once again, sincerely, congrats to Wolf Fire Games. No matter what, the hard part's over. It only took you a fucking decade! Sorry. 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 It was obviously a passion project. Let's take our private sec. You're right, Ivor. Take our private sec. Take the sedatives. Take the sedatives. Oh, oh, I want to watch the World Series. But yeah, Overgrowth is, of course, the game. Wolf Fire Games. Congratulations to them. Overgrowth, for those of you who may remember but have already forgotten because it goes through every two fucking years. Overgrowth, you play as a ninja rabbit. It's got parkour, martial arts, uh, third person, uh, sandboxed world, etc. I, you will be hearing more of this because it is about time someone fucking got to the bottom of this overgrowth shit. Fucking reviewed this shit. You know, you flippy, you flippy, man. You flippy for real. So, up next in our top story is a very, 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 very real, very new. Game came out November 3rd, 2017. It is called Alien Arena Warriors of Mars. Here's what they have to say. 
Alien Arena is a furious frag fest with arenas ranging from the small to the massive. With game modes such as Capture the Flag and Tactical, there are terrific team-based experiences to be had, as well as one versus one duels, free-for-all, and dozens of mutators to alter the game to play to your liking. Yeah, so that's November 3rd. Came, uh, developer and published by Core Entertainment LLC. They launched with Linux support. I bought it. It's a traditional first-person shooter, but it is an arena shooter. Do you hear me? You hear me now? You listen to me later? I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions. I want to ask them immediately. Alien Arena Warriors of Mars is an arena game, so it is you know, the big, big missing item on our magical, uh, scavenger hunt list of the types of games that we need for Linux to be considered a first-class, world-class gaming platform. Mm. Arena Shooter a la Unreal Tournament. I thought, uh, Storm... I can't remember the name of the game. They abandoned it. They abandoned that game. But anyway, Alien Arena Warriors of Mars looks like it could be it. Um, thank you, my... East Indian friend. Um, so yeah, that was completely unintentional. I don't know why I challenged, I, I channeled, I challenged, I challenged the entire Hindu world to a duel. I started a joke. So yeah, uh, Alien Arena Warriors of Mars is a traditional, uh, just like I said, capture the flag, tactical, team-based experiences, one versus one duels. And you get to play as bubble-headed fucking Martians. So, that's pretty cool. I've heard you... Get back to your fucking post! Hit him with the new and... Uh, hit him with our feature, actually. This is... This is good. Excellent. That's right, Before we get to our feature, which happens to be a review of the game Dead Cells, I have a note that must be Henry the Record. We have never traditionally reviewed games that have been available through goodoldgames.com exclusively for Windows that don't have an actual Linux-compatible uh, package that you can buy from there. What I'm trying to specifically say is we have traditionally done our best to cover games that only run through Wine differently. Now, the reasons for this are entirely for the reasons that form the basis for us starting the podcast. And by us, I mean me, and by me, I mean us. So, there you go. It's called Tology. Welcome to the George W. Bush administration. Um, anyway. Specifically, beyond the fact that, like, there was a, you know, legitimate payment portal with catering specifically to Linux-based users for the first time ever, 
also known as Steam. Not the first time ever, but the first legitimate, humongous time ever with 40 million eyeballs, blah. So it was called Steam, and that meant that it brought the promise of Linux gaming to within reach of even those who really... Their major pain point in terms of computing might have been giving up video gaming in a Windows sense, which meant, by virtue of extending that functionality, that meant giving up the idea of, like, one-click install. Everything is going to require, like, a whole fucking nightmare, and it's going to be really hard, and blah, blah, blah. No. Now, it is possible to run most Windows applications up to Windows 10 if you purge, you know, your whatever wine install you have at the moment and go to winehq.com sign up there or you don't have to sign up for it but you know it's good if you sign up because it makes them feel good about themselves and that's what they're looking for um and then downloading winehq's packages for whatever distribution you're using and then let's say you go buy the game on goodoldgames.com gog.com and then you open it up, maybe even in Play on Linux, or maybe you install it with Wine Tricks, or maybe you just install it playing up with Wine. Even with Play on Linux, it is a f- motherfucker. It only further obfuscates, in my humble opinion, Play on Linux does the actual power of Wine. But all of this, all of this Wine, we have to reconfigure everything, and all of that stuff kind of obviates the whole idea of ever reviewing a game that is the central core focus of Best Linux Games Podcast. Now, that's the technical reason. The moral reason is that it doesn't encourage further development for Linux game for Linux as a games platform, uh, just to say, oh, well, you know, fine, you know, we'll figure out some way to port it, you know, two years from now, someone will get obsessed with this game. <gasps> hey, people who get obsessed with a game who want to, like, give me Scoogie Sprite, the actual, you know, pace bin stuff and everything, um, and explicit instructions for how to configure it with wine. Hey, how, why don't you guys do that for Bayonetta? Hey, hey, oh, wait, you can't, because it's not a good old games game. Uh, anyway... So we've avoided that because it's not been the one-click install experience that and you know in general, most games fail at the one-click install experience with Linux depending on your distribution although it's gotten increasingly better and better and better and then suddenly recently worse Uh, but that might be a Mint 18.2 or it might be a kernel thing on my part but anyway that's why we don't review these types of games however Flatpak Linux Meaning, a pirated copy... Now, here's the caveat to this. I did, of course, purchase uh, a Steam license for this game, but we I am reviewing... This review is of the Flatpak Linux version of Dead Cells, which is a good old games.com version of Dead Cells. Now, this underscores many of the aspects of Flatpak Linux that I really, really, really like. So, you have to have a very specific, you know, configuration and everything for most games that you get through goodoldgames.com, gog.com to run them through Wine. But with Flatpak, even just for yourself, use on your own system, not for redistribution, although that's entirely up to you where you square on that uh, legal, legal standing. Um... 
even just for yourself, it is so convenient to have one flat pack to rule them all that installs to one location. It deals with everything. You know, if you want to fucking reconfigure it, there are commands to reconfigure it. It's fine. But generally, it's gonna work out of the box. All of the shit that you would have to do in terms of even play on Linux, which is a helper um, program, you don't have to do. You run it. F- you run. How can you? How do you put it in your your meat? You run it through the terminal. You run it with one command. You uh, you install it with one command. You run it with the other. You uninstall it with the third. It's that simple. So this is Dead Cells, the Flatpak Linux pirated version that we're reviewing here. Cheers, by the way. So what is Dead Cells? Simply put, Dead Cells is what happens if you cross Darkest Dungeon and its meticulous incremental skill building, uh, team building stuff, but instead of having a team, you cross that with Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And then you throw the, you, you take, you puree that, then you take the puree and uh, you pour it over ice uh, with uh, three parts Darkest Dungeon, Castlevania Symphony of the Night mix, over one part fucking rogue two parts yeah, two parts rogue like self-assembling, procedurally generated, side-scrolling platforming levelage action now, what do I mean by this specifically there are no deals this week by the way what do I mean by this specifically? Well, specifically, I would say that President Trump is in Asia, so we should leave him there. And oh, I'm sorry, you specifically, not specifically. All right, yes, specifically, specifically. See previous answer. Specifically, though, here's the thing about dead cells, which needs to come to Linux. You need to port this to Linux. This is an all-time classic game. Blah. Now, one further caveat. I don't have a Steam report for the amount of time that I spend playing Flatpak games. I've done my best to ensure that I've gone over uh, 20 hours with Dead Cells. I am very, very sure that I have over this last week. So, What is Dead Cells? Dead Cells is a side-scrolling platformer where you play as dungeon scum. I don't know if that's a technical term for it, but you are a rolling ball of dungeon scum. Every time from the beginning, the dungeon scum comes down the chute at the executioner's ball in glorious, glorious, uh, hyper-pixel trash. It's like, not pixel trash, it's like if... It's like a 16-bit game, quote-unquote. Yeah, it's it's like a Nintendo Entertain- Super, Super NES game, Super Famicom game, uh, crawled out of a dungeon and was filmed at uh, 200% resolution. So it's got like a little pixelated effect to it. Has a very nice, very appealing, very action-oriented visual feel. So, at the beginning of each game, your pixel scum 
scumball from the dungeons rolls down to the executioner's chopping block and occupies a new body, hence the idea of it being a roguelike. The dungeons, well, you know, the more they change, the more they stay the same, or the more they stay the same, the more they seem to change. It's difficult to determine multiple paths. Now, on top of that, you have a very tiered skill... Oh, by the way, the name of the game, if you want to know the actual gameplay, actual gameplay of Dead Cells, that's D-E-A-D dot (laughs) (laughs) C-E-L-L-S if you're looking for it on Flatback Linux because you can't play it through Steam. I recommend uh, EU Torrents or Torrent what the fuck is the name of the goddamn Torrent place that I use? One moment, one moment. Do, 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 do. If you want to talk about the gameplay of uh, of Dead Cells, and that's this is all that we really need to. Uh, Kickass T.eu is where you go for Flatpak hyphen Linux torrents. After you, of course, buy the license and fulfill all obligations to your moral uh, courage and conscience. And uh, by buying the game and blah, I've filled mine. Who am I? So, the gameplay, yes, more whiskey. The gameplay in Dead Cells is two-dimensional side-scrolling platformer a la procedurally generated uh, Castlevania. Not Castlevania Symphony of the Night. The way Castlevania Symphony of the Night comes in is that is that all of the action is very frenetically paced. Now, the way Darkest Dungeon comes in is the game is predicated on that you're going to die. And everything has to be upgraded to get permanent upgrades. In fact, you have to kill enemies, and they're not identified. You just have to kill a lot of fucking enemies to unlock blueprints, which you then have to deliver to the end of that stage of the dungeon. To the timekeeper. I don't know what he's called. He's not the timekeeper because the timekeeper is another character altogether. He's got the door with the time thing. I don't even know if that's his name either. But the bottom bottom line is Dead Cells is a it's the perfect sweet spot of all procedurally generated games where Especially in, in this area. It's Metroidvania procedurally generated. Megasphere is as close as it's come prior to Dead Cells. Now, we're recommending Dead Cells, which gets our highest honor, by the way, worth full price plus the effort of pirating it so you can play it natively on your Linux box. The the Where Darkest Dungeon intersects with Dead Cells is in the fact that the blueprints you unlock by killing enemies which are few and far between and then must be delivered to the timekeeper at the end of each stage of you have to survive to the end of the stage which can be more problematic than, you know, blah, and they're only available in the later levels that you've ever been to there are upgrades for these weapons that are permanent. The upgrades aren't to your character, they're to the weapons that they know how to use. You spend at the timekeeper guy, that's what I'm going to call him because he's got like a big fucking 
saying on his back that kind of looks like an hourglass-ish. Whatever. At the end of each level, you get to the hourglass guy. And you have to spend all of your dead cells that you've collected, which drop randomly from enemies. The more enemies you kill, the harder the enemies are to kill, the more dead cells you get. Those get spent on these little weapon cards that you unlock by bringing the timekeeper blueprints. So you unlock a weapon. Then you have to really unlock it. Then you have to like actually spend enough dead cells to unlock it. This applies to every upgrade you can do that is permanent to your character. They are very important. Now, how does Darkest Dungeon really jump into this? Darkest Dungeon is a team game, I hear the entire universe say. Yes, Darkest Dungeon is a team game. Every step along the way of Dead Cells is also a team game because you need to gang your weapons. You have four slots. You have a primary attack, a secondary attack, and then you have a skill attack, which are things like a magnetic uh, grenade, uh, which pulls everything towards it and delivers electro electrocution damage. You know, blah. Then you have things like uh, turrets, which are great. As soon as you can unlock them, unlock them. Um, But you have to find the blueprints. So I don't know how closely my path at well over 20 hours into the game resembles anyone else's, but I unlocked uh, turrets, magnets, blah. Then you have your standard weapons. Uh, Generally, you want a primary weapon, such as a sword, like a balance sword, a blood sword, an oil sword, or maybe a uh, lightning, a lightning whip, a chain, uh, like a lightning whip. It's a lightning whip. It's a lightning whip. I'm not, no, that, no, 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 no. Lightning whip, lightning, light, 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 light. It's a, it's a lightning. None of that was edited. Um, a lightning whip. Um, and then for your secondary weapon, I mapped them to my le- right and left triggers on my Steam controller, which is the only way to play it. But then your secondary weapon can be um, a shield. It can be a crossbow. It can be a bow. It can be a magical spell. It can be a freeze blast you can use over and over again that freezes enemies. Okay, fine. So all of this sounds great. Then you have these two other weapon slots. I mapped them to my right bumper and left bumper on my Steam controller. Um, two other weapon slots those are the ones that can be like a turret a grenade a frost grenade uh, blah the intersection between all three as you go through each fairly predictable but always entertaining I mean well over 20 hours always entertaining obsessively entertaining like, it will drain your brain holes. Entertaining. Each area of the dungeon has scrolls that you can either buy with gold, or you can find uh, depending on the richness of the seed of that particular, you know, blossom. But ultimately, by the time you reach one of the third branches you will have to fight the boss a boss, not the boss but a boss, to quote someone from my past loathsome um you will need to have 
your actual stats for that run upgraded to the point where like okay so my primary attack skills it all breaks down into health skills and weapon weapon is damage and those are your primary attacks so you want those to be up around 5 maybe 6 you want your health to be all the way across the screen it starts at like less than a quarter across the screen um, that's for the first boss I have never managed to make it past the graveyard I have run over 70 uh, shit I can't check right now but I'm good no you know what I, I wrote it down hang on I didn't write it down I'm gonna say it wasn't 70 it was 70 before I checked uh, today I want to say it was 122 runs in the dungeon Rungeon in the dungeon now the procedural generation does make it somewhat predictable but the confluence of the ways in which you upgrade your skills and the weapon choices that you make and you're constantly being presented with weapon weapon choices you have one accessory slot um these factor in greatly because as you advance further on when you upgrade a weapon, like with the timekeeper, let's say it takes 10 dead cells to upgrade your balanced blade, that gives you plus 5% damage the next time you find a damage uh, balanced blade. Let's say you spend the 50 cells that it takes to upgrade the balanced blade 1 to balanced blade 2, that gives you, I think, 15% uh, upgrade the next time you find, find a bal- balanced blade you know, primary weapon. Same is true for every fucking technology that's in the game. Now, balancing those permanent realities, those deals done with the timekeeper, with what you can actually do in terms of, like, healing yourself, how far am I going to get, how much gold do I have, how much gold am I going to save when I die, because when you die, you start, again, the primordial dungeon slime crawls down from the exhaust chute and finds another fucking headless corpse, the chopping block, which it controls again. That's as far as I've gone in the story. I have not beaten this game. I will beat this fucking game. But the way that all four of those weapons interact, then you also have a basic double jump, which is built in. It's basic. It's double jump. And you have a basic roll, which is very important to master um, because the game is super hyper arcadey but that's only like on a superficial level it is extremely tuned to be super hyper arcadey um so the action is very 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 fast paced extraordinarily high stakes if you die you die you start again and you lose whatever it is you have so like every time that you get a blueprint is a big deal to get that blueprint back to the timekeeper or whatever but the way it intersects with uh, Darkest Dungeon is so you have these three layers of possible effects across well not three layers you have these two layers of things that affect everything well no three layers the first layer would be the actual weapons that you have because you have to find the weapons to, un- to not just to unlock them, but you have to find them to use them. You can't use a weapon that you haven't found. There is no equip screen. Anytime that you uh, want to 
if you have like two primary weapons, which you can do, because secondary weapons just like the offhand, um, you have to replace one of them. Then you have to have a reason to replace them. So as you advance through the levels, certain weapons will come up that you might not like to use, but will have 45, 55, 60% damage modifier to, to you globally if you if you have that in your equip slots. There is no inventory. So the first you know, I'm going to say I played it for about 30 hours. The first 30 hours is you learning the way the game throws the maps at you. Learning the types of enemies, because there are different types of enemies in each type of map. Um, learning what you are good at, what you are weakest at, what you need to improve on, what you need to upgrade, and etc. And which weapons you like, and which weapons you don't like. Um, and then upgrading accordingly. Then upgrading each run, you have to upgrade your health and stuff, blah but basically all of your weapons are pretty shitty um, without a very strong strength upgrade level per level, a stat upgrade that's only limited to your to your actual run and what this forms is a constantly evolving thing where you know that you're gonna die but you feel like you have the chance to prepare yourself as best as possible generally not as well as you would like but as best as possible given you know the programmatic uh, procedural generation of the levels which is great it is a fantastic algorithm they, they really nailed it they've really done a good job with that algorithm and so you get this darkest dungeon thing where at the end of every run, sure you might be able to well, you if you die, you lose everything that you're holding. But um it is very close to Darkest Dungeon crossed with Castlevania Symphony of the Night as a side-scrolling platforming two-dimensional shooter. And so that is Dead Cells. I highly recommend you buy a license for it and then you post a plus one comment on the Linux discussion for the uh, Dead Cells thread and then you go to kickasst.eu and then you pirate Flatpak hyphen Linux um, the Dead Cells Flatpak that you can run on Linux. One caveat though, my controllers are all fucked up uh, on my current install, which is still Mint 18. So I actually have to have, regardless of SC controller at this point, because I fucked it up so badly, um, I have to have Steam open before I launch, and my Steam controller turned on before I open and or launch uh, Dead Cells from the command line. For more on that, check uh, last week's episode and uh, look forward to this week's column. It might be out as late as next Friday. It might might coincide with next week's episode. So it might be a two-week hiatus for the column. But that's all I got. And Dead Cells absolutely has earned it, the Dead Cells flat pack has absolutely earned our greatest, highest honor that we can bestow upon any game. It earns the Best Linux Games Podcast seal of approval available a deal at full price. Only tarnished by the fact that, no, there is no Linux version of it yet, but the Flatpak version of it, one click, you're done. You won't have to configure. It'll either work or it won't. So that's our show for you this week. Uh, Check back uh, this Friday. 
Uh, thanks for listening. My name is Scooby Sprite. You can find me on Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Thanks for listening. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada e. Four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.